Hey there. Ever feel like you just need a break from the day-to-day of work, put on that out of office and be alongside peers learning from fellow nonprofits and industry experts on what they see working when it comes to fundraising, marketing, growing a monthly giving program, retention, everything that encompasses what you do? Well, if so, I have two events for you to mark down. June 4th and 5th is Donor Perfect's Community Conference Spark. It is for any fundraiser wanting to excel in donor management, program innovation, community engagement, and organizational growth, and it is free. So click the link in the show notes to register. And then an event that I have attended three years in a row is the NEO Summit, combining practical, actionable, and very data-informed content with also this really electric and immersive atmosphere. The NEO Summit is more than just a conference. It is a really fun and great place to get away from your desk and innovate your fundraising and accelerate your impact. So you can join hundreds of your fellow nonprofit professionals in Indianapolis in September on the 18th and 19th. And you can save $600 on your ticket right here. It is the lowest price available anywhere. So click the link in the show notes for both of these events. They are incredible. They put on an incredible speaker presentation, all tons of great resources for you. Invest in yourself and the growth of your organization by attending these two phenomenal events. I just can't stress testing enough. You know, one of the first other ads that I was testing was $4.13 per conversion, right? So had I stopped there and just been like, oh, that's great. Because in theory, our monthly donors, we know, stay with us for a minimum five years or average five years. And so over time, we'll have made up that $4.13. And so in our head, we would have been like, that's great. Let's keep it cooking. But getting it down to a dollar, obviously, is infinitely better. Hey there, you're listening to the Missions to Movements podcast. And I'm your host, Dana Snyder digital strategist for nonprofits and founder and CEO of Positive Equation. This show highlights the digital strategies of organizations making a positive impact in the world. Ready to learn the latest trends, actionable tips, and the real stories from behind the feed? Let's transform your mission into a movement. Do you spend time thinking about how your organization can automate the process of attracting new donors? Today's guest is Tessie Klipsch, marketing and engagement consultant for the Adventure Project. They built a landing page with a quiz that's received, get this, more than 26,000 shares and generates immediate one-time donations plus recurring gifts. How? Today, we talk through the process step-by-step of this incredible lead generation experience. Get ready to take some notes. All right, Tessie, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today to be talking about the Adventure Project and all of the good work that you are doing in the digital marketing space for the organization. Can you share a little bit about what is the mission of the Adventure Project? 
gladly. So in short, our mission is to end extreme poverty for good. (laughs) But what sets us apart from others in the industry wanting to do the same thing is that we are really committed to doing it in the most sustainable way possible. So we partner with local organizations that are already experts in the field, right? They live there, they've lived there forever, they know what they need and how to do it best. So we just come in and provide training, supplies, and of course, funding so that those organizations can create more jobs throughout Africa. So I always use water as an example because so many water organizations have done a good job of kind of pitching that vision why people need clean water. And so other organizations will go into a community and build a new well, which is very exciting. Everyone celebrates, rightfully so. And then the organization kind of pulls out and leaves the well to the locals. When it breaks, which it inevitably will, one third of all wells built relatively recently are broken. That's a current stat. So the locals have no training, right, on how to fix the well themselves and no access to that major organization that originally put it in. And so they go back to their dirty water source. Naturally, that's what they had been using before. Whereas our model is we train We equip local well mechanics to fix the broken wells and turn clean water back on indefinitely. So there's an income for the person. So that changes that person and their family, right? Kids get to go to school, they get healthcare, et cetera. They can pay for all of that. And then it changes the community as well because they have access to that clean water indefinitely. It's a great sustainable model. Love that. Yeah. Keyword sustainability. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Beautiful. And I love always knowing, like, how did you get started in the work of the Adventure Project? You have a pretty incredible background. Can you share kind of what brought you to this moment now helping lead their digital strategy? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my good friends is actually one of the co-founders of the Adventure Project, Jody Landers. She and I had been fundraising for Charity Water when it first started. And then she and Becky Straw started the Adventure Project. So I've been a donor since its inception and just really committed to that overall mission that we just talked about. So about a year and a half ago, Becky had said they were wanting to hire kind of a digital strategist. And I was just really excited to use the experience I had built over time marketing in both for-profit and nonprofit to advance the mission that obviously as a donor to the organization for 10 years, you know, I was really excited about and really committed to. That's amazing. I think that's a beautiful story as you never know right within your donor base and your supporters could be your very next hire. Absolutely. As Becky said, when they were, of course, they had a lot of really great people trying for the position. And she said, you know, when a donor who's been with the organization for 10 years applies, there is obviously nuance to it. But the reality is I could just take off. I already knew the language. I already knew the the mission and the way they talk about poverty and the way they talk about people. So you really are already kind of starting that process of liftoff when you have been a donor to the organization too. Yeah, that's incredible. So, and you've been following them for a while. So when you came on and started working with them, can you talk through a little bit about what's your process for a social media content strategy? How do you come up with that? 
yeah, to be honest, we're still finessing that. We've got a really small team. So my goal for this year, (laughs) now that the end of year push is done, is to really look at the year and develop not just like a month to month strategy, but a year to year strategy, you know, working in, hey, this month will be the month for gratitude, this month for storytelling, this month is target donor asks, those kind of things, and develop that flow around the international days that align with our mission, like World Water Day as an example. But right now, Nicole Malenga Wu, who is the content creator for TAP, she kind of grabs the assets, all of our pictures and videos, and the stories that go with those specific people. And she'll write the socials for a week or two. She and I try to meet as often as possible so that we can kind of develop that rhythm ourselves. And then I edit what she does. It kind of goes through the ranks to make sure that it's factual, of course. So it's a little convoluted right now, but we're hoping to kind of make that system simpler and really just get into, like I said, that flow that has a natural rhythm to it. So because we're a small team, it's a really, as with most nonprofits, I would guess, it is kind of hold on to your seats. <laughs> and I would love to make it not so, you know, white knuckled. Yeah. There's something beautiful about the process of social being always iterative and changing based upon what's happening in the space and taking some risks to play around with that. Yeah. You spoke a little bit about having a small team. Can you speak to what are the different roles that you currently have? Yeah. So it really does change. I think there are seven people total, and most of those are part-time or consulting capacity. So when I say small team, it's a small team. So everybody edits an email, (laughs) right? (laughs) And everybody edits, it feels like social media sometimes, especially when it's like information-based, right? That monthly donors did XYZ this month. We want to make sure that's exactly right so that we can be as transparent as possible. So Right now, Nicole and I are the only ones dedicated solely to marketing, but then the key looks over it. So does the chief growth officer, Michael. So it really is just with a team like ours, so many overlapping responsibilities, both for marketing, because we try to do that emails, working together with social media, working together with any kind of direct mail thing, you know, we're yeah, really trying to have that are going on. Yes. So it really is just kind of all hands on deck, I would say. Awesome. So right now, do you manage copy, putting together the actual posts? Are you focused on any particular channels specifically right now? It varies depending on what the post is. But for the most part, we focus on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. We have a huge Tumblr following, so we'll also post there. But those, I would say, are main priorities. We also tweet, but obviously we like to tell stories and storytelling on Twitter is just way harder. Yes. But yeah, I would say those are most of it. And I'll oversee all of that social media content. And then I also am responsible for digital ads and kind of the digital media push as well in that specific way. Yes. I want to get into the crux of some of that specifically too. There was... Actually, it's still active because I recently did it. It's your women's quiz 
that you launched. Can you take us behind the scenes of that? It's really cool. And for all of you listening, if you go to theadventureproject.org backslash women's hyphen quiz, you'll be able to see it. Or if you just go to the website, and I think it's under your get involved tab, you can select women's quiz. And essentially what it says, I'm just going to read off the copy. It says, how much do you know about issues affecting women in developing countries? When you take this very quick three-question quiz, <laughs> an anonymous donor donates $2.40 on your behalf, enough to help one woman in a developing country gain access to life-saving services. This quiz is very cool. There's over 24,000 shares of this quiz on the site. How did this launch? How did you guys come up with it? What's the goal behind it? Yeah, Becky and I had been trying to figure out, we'd used other marketing agencies in the past before they brought me on to try to, of course, bring more awareness, but also bring in more monthly donors. And it really, nothing was taking off. No amount of ads, no amount of ad spend was really taking off. And so we really had been brainstorming for a long time about what could be the thing. And we took this quick course and an idea was kind of put in our heads about a quiz specifically for engagement, but we wanted to make it about conversions as well, obviously. And so that's where that donor piece came in. But we just thought it was a clever way to inform people of our mission to end extreme poverty and why that matters, right? So the quiz does that by showing you just how big the issue really is. And so the end goal for us was, of course, conversions. And the secondary goal was really engagement. But we're always looking, because we're a small organization, to kind of growth hack, yeah. right? But because we have a big mission and it's important. And so we have to figure out a way to do that over a long term, hopefully to just be able to set and forget. So you created the landing page that has the quiz, which is a little like widget embed. And at the end, it asks for an email address in order for you to receive the $2.40. How did you get the 24,000 shares? Were you pushing ad spend specifically to that page? Exactly. We have an ad. I did a billion A-B tests, of course, <laughs> to figure out. But we've had a winner over the last, I would say, like six, seven months that it's just over and sometimes under a dollar per conversion. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's just a real, I mean, it continues to be a winner. And I've tried different Facebook ads specifically for conversions, for lead gen, everything. And this is the one and it's a lead gen ad. So that was to get them to take the quiz. And then, of course, when people see, oh, I could do a kind of free for me donation yeah. that then automatically makes you want to share your email, basically. That's incredible. Can you share, I don't know if you know at the top of your head, what made that one ad that's been working work? Is it something about the copy or the visual that you're using? It's both. So I tested the image and the image that we have on the quiz is the image I use on the ad, which I think is important. I don't know that it's like image specific, but already something matches in our brains when we say like, oh, I saw this picture in the ad and now it's in the quiz. So there's symmetry there. I feel like it has to be psychological because nothing else makes sense. I tried 
five other different women that looks almost identical, right? Different colors on their dresses and things. But this was the one that kept taking away. So I think it's matching what's on your landing page, the image. And then I tried longer copy. I tried shorter copy. But the one that we have that's just like two small paragraphs is the one that really connected with people. So I think it's about matching image and then about enough copy to tell the story a little bit. Yeah. Just peak interest, right? So it can't be too short and just say like, take our quiz. That works for BuzzFeed. Doesn't really work for nonprofits. So I would say those are my two takeaways. Is that the call to action in your copy is take our quiz? And do you mention the $2.40 donation? I do. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to have to look this up or if you'll share a screenshot with us of it, I would love to share with everybody. I think that's so, so powerful. Can you talk a little bit about the audience that you're using to target on Facebook with Facebook ads? Yeah, that's another one that we tried a lot of different variations. So we know that 50 and up women are the ones most likely to join as monthly donors from the quiz ad. Wow. I know. Interesting, because that's not necessarily in general, who is a part of our monthly, we call it the collective, the average for our monthly donors. So it's really interesting who connects most to the ad, which of course, I attribute to it being about women for women, right? right? So that makes sense. But I've tried a whole bunch of different organizations, people who like organizations to target, things like that. It always costs more to try to reach outside of that kind of 30 to 70-year-old women. So that is where it's the cheapest for conversion is that 30 to 70-year-old women. Got it. So you're looking for like 30 to 70-year-olds, thinking about the audience, and then you're saying they also support somebody like a charity water. They also have an interest in somebody like Water 4. Is that what you mean by similar interests? Yes. Awesome. Just because I don't think we all think about the testing period. How many different tests do you think it took you to get to this one that's been working so well? Interestingly, this is the one of the first tests that I did. It was one of the first ads. Because of my work with other organizations and things like that, I kind of had an idea of what works well for Facebook ads for nonprofits specifically. And so it was one of my first iterations, but I bet I did initially... I bet I did six different A-B tests and still kept bringing that one along. Fascinating. So it probably took like six weeks, eight weeks. Yeah. I love that. Testing is so key in terms of, like you mentioned, the visual, the copy. Most likely, don't be hard on yourself if you're not going to get it right the first time. (laughs) Yeah. That's the nature of the beast. Actually, I was speaking to Mark at Forever Projects and he had this brilliant quote about having empathy for the platforms as much as you have empathy for people. And he's like, we don't expect a new staff and new employee to immediately pick things up and get it right. They're going to need some time. And it's the same thing with a platform. You have to allow it to learn and do testing and give it time. And I was like, what a beautiful translation to be able to understand that we think this tool is just going to knock it out of the park the first time. And that's not always the case. Right. And it's important too to 
make sure your bosses, right, who are setting that marketing budget understand that too. And I just can't stress testing enough. You know, one of the first other ads that I was testing was $4.13 per conversion, right? So had I stopped there and just been like, oh, that's great. Because in theory, our monthly donors, we know stay with us for a minimum five years or average five years. And so over time, we'll have made up that $4.13. And so in our head, we would have been like, that's great. Let's keep it cooking. But getting it down to a dollar, obviously is infinitely better. So between testing and really making that pitch with the people who set the budget to be patient are essential. Luckily, Becky understands that part of digital advertising that it does take, there's a learning phase that can be more expensive too initially. Yeah, absolutely. And I think talking about budgets, sometimes organizations don't know what their true cost of acquisition is. How much did it cost you to get somebody to that gala? Or what's the cost broken down per person of that big event you throw? Sending out the snail mail. What is the staff hours that are put into something? I think there's this notion, social ads are so expensive. But when you think about what are you doing currently? And what's your true cost of acquisition for bringing on a new donor? Oh my gosh, $4 for a monthly donor that let's just say they give $10 a month, right? For five years, that's peanuts. That's incredible. So I think that's so crucial. And when you're looking at the long-term strategy of an ads budget, if it takes a little bit more on the front end, but then it could significantly be paying off for you year over year. I am loving this conversation. I wanted to take a quick second and share my new masterclass with you, how to attract recurring donors without posting to social media. What? Yep, I said it. RSVP at positiveequation.com backslash masterclass to learn three costly mistakes you could be making with your social ad strategy and how to fix them to engage new recurring donors. Go to positiveequation.com backslash masterclass. I hope to see you there. Now let's get back to our guest. So with the quiz, something I wanted to ask you was around this $2.40 donation. Is there a reason for the number? We just have done the adventure project really focused on data and on good information so that we can become even stealthier in how we do things, right? And so that's the number that we've figured out helps one woman in a developing country gain access to life-saving services. So maybe that's access to healthcare and medications through our health workers, or maybe it's a well mechanic. We've just been able to kind of really do the math to separate. And it's about $2.40. Amazing. So it's an anonymous donor that donates us on their behalf. Mm -hmm. Did you both go to a donor and pitch this idea? So that was all Becky. And truly, we have some incredible donors at the Adventure Project. A lot of them are in the tech sector. So it wasn't really a hard pitch, to be honest, or at least Becky made it sound like it wasn't. The donor just kind of understood that if this worked, right, it was a gamble like everything digitally is to some extent. 
But if it worked, we'd have access to thousands of new potential donors. We'd be able to really position ourselves as leaders in this industry by setting up the quiz, having the answers to the quiz. The donor's mind already says these people know what they're talking about. They know how to fix this. Yeah, I love that. For the functionality standpoint, what tool do you use to power the quiz? Interact. Okay, yeah, I'm very familiar. Interact.io? Yes, yeah. I really love it because there's really great metrics too, and we're able to track over a week, a month, a year, that kind of thing. So yeah, highly recommend them. I love talking about funnels and a donor's journey. So something that's brilliant is when you land on this women's quiz page, and I did it. So you go through the quiz. I got two or three of them wrong. I was shocked <laughs> because I like <laughs> underestimated the problem on multiple things. And I was yeah. like, big red, you're wrong. And then it gives <laughs> you <laughs> it gives you the facts in a very educational, but you can see your brand voice shows through on the copy yeah. as well. It's not just this technical jargon. There's persona and character in the copy you use, which makes it interesting to read. So A, I'm like, oh, I'm wrong. This is a way bigger problem than I thought it was. Again, I'm wrong. Way big problem than I thought it was. And then at the end, it's like, will you help make an impact and a difference by entering in basically the information exchange? So of course, I'm going to say yes. I'm not going to do the quiz and not fill it out. So you as an organization gain an email, which then I can go through an email funnel campaign if I don't become a donor. Second, Thing that's beautiful and I think is an often a huge miss is you have a thank you page. And the thank you page, everyone, after you go through the quiz, you enter your email, pops up with a video, which you use Video Ask, which is one of my favorite tools. It's a video that has closed captions and it's one of your co-founders saying thank you so much for going through the quiz and you can get more involved by joining the collective. So directly to the right of her video is the fundraise up donation element with monthly on there. So immediately it's, yes, you just helped us receive a gift of that $2.40. And now if you want to make an even bigger impact, here's your donation widget. So smart. So smart. And from... A Facebook perspective, you're able to track that entire process with your Facebook pixel. Yep. Brilliant. Yeah. And as a marketing person, when I see that fundraise up email saying someone joined from your Facebook quiz, it (laughs) just feels like a shot of adrenaline. It's so exciting every time. And here's an interesting fact. The quiz, initially, we thought we'd get more people through that welcome series, that quiz email series, right? We thought, okay, they'll be interested. They'll be intrigued by the information we just gave them with the quiz. And then we'll target them more, like ask them questions. How'd you get involved? Where do you want your $2.40? You can choose between our four models, that kind of thing. And then we'll make them donors through the email series. But the reality is it's actually right after the quiz. People are coming in as monthly donors right after the quiz. They're most primed to join us then. And we, again, tested landing pages. We tested thank you pages. That video was not our initial thank you. It was a different page. And so we've tested all of that as well. So I can't stress enough that you have to have that whole donor experience and then test where they're most apt to come in. And for us, 
it's on that thank you page. Absolutely. So interesting, probably because you're right in the mind frame of just going through that quiz experience. Exactly. And so you're yep. more primed versus an email. You're thinking about maybe a bazillion other things. Right. And we all get a million asks either for like skincare that you bought at Sephora yeah. to uh, new bras to everything. So the email, I think, feels like that as opposed to I just learned about how big this issue actually is when I thought that it was not this big of an issue. I'm definitely going to join because I'm the kind of person that hears of a need and then wants to fix it. That's amazing. I love that. Question two, on the thank you page and just with this overall quiz, the people that do go through it is a separate email list I'm sure that you have set on the back end. With the Facebook pixels that you have on your site, do you ever retarget like specifically the email list of the people that take the quiz? Yes, we have in the past. Yep. Okay. That's what I was figuring. And do you drive them towards the monthly giving program of the collective because they already know a little bit about who you are? Exactly. Yep. Okay, perfect. That's what I would call a warm audience for everyone listening is you're able through Facebook pixels, if you're not familiar, is you're able to track certain events and actions. It's gotten a little bit more harder with iOS. We lose some of that data. Oof. <laughs> oof. oof. It's a big oof. No, it's a big oof. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook is currently says they're working on it. So I'm right. sure we're going to see a lot of changes happening in the ad space with Facebook because they want to make sure that's their bread and butter and why we exactly. get to use the platform for free for all the ads. But essentially, this pixel is a magical thing that it's one simple line of code that gets put on your site and you can attach certain actions and buttons or an email, subscribe, submit button to this pixel so that you can retarget people who have taken certain actions. So when I'm talking to Tessie about, based on somebody who has landed on that thank you page, we know that they've gone through this experience. We know that they've given their email address. So we can retarget people who maybe haven't committed to join the collective, but they did have an interest in our organization. So our messaging and our visuals can be totally different. I love that. Super smart. Yeah. And it's great too for any future thing that you're pushing. So not just even absolutely the monthly collective, right? So we sell in quotes, coal products at winter to help with our clean cook stove initiative. And so I can target everyone who's taken the women's quiz who already knows about us to have them buy this. Same with we launched a women's fund and have a sticker program, a free sticker program. And I was able to target all of them, called them my warm audience, exactly like you said, as opposed to the cold audience ad and was able to retarget them. So it really is, again, like I said, a growth hack, right? For a small organization, especially, but even a bigger one, it's a really, really effective tool. I love that. Amazing. Tessie, I want to ask you about any flops. Have there been (laughs) any moments in like building of social and digital? Because I think we all have them where it's like, oh, shoot, like that wasn't supposed to happen on a campaign. (laughs) Like you thought you were going to kill it, knock it out of the park. And then you're like, oh, that kind of that was a miss. (laughs) Have you had anything that hasn't like turned out exactly as you expected? First Giving Tuesday, I was here. I wanted to do a major campaign. So I took 10 people that have been helped through the adventure project, created like large kind of asset building things around them. And I thought, okay, we can email this to our collective 
and I had, you know, on Facebook, you can say this, Instagram, you can say this, Twitter, make it as easy as possible for them to share, have our campaign do that many viral moment, bring in a lot of money on Giving Tuesday, et cetera. I spent so much time and so many weeks building that campaign. And for whatever reason, it just didn't take off. You know, we saw, I don't know, maybe a hundred people using those. And I was thinking hundreds of people using those and just having that, being able to, again, track that movement. But I think it's always a bummer when you know how much time you've spent. And for me, as a supporter of this organization, too, for over the years, I see that as money spent. And so that always feels like just tail between the legs, like, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) but you gave it a go and i mean that's a hundred people talking about it that wouldn't have talked about it before right okay i'm going with that (laughs) next time i think of that as i'm going to sleep when i recount all the ways that i've messed up i'm gonna remember your voice in my head (laughs) good good there's always a little there's always learnings from those experiences right so i love that so i want to ask you we're heading into the section that i call we must know So Mm -hmm. Tessie, we must know, which social media or digital platform are you the most intrigued by right now? Do you follow Sharon Says So on Instagram? Yes. I am fascinated by her. I mean, absolutely fascinated by her. So if you all are not following her, she used to be a history teacher, a high school history teacher, if I'm not mistaken. And she is this woman from Minnesota with the most heavy Minnesota accent you've ever heard. (laughs) And she really teaches history in a way that is not froofy. Like she does not mince words. So she'll often have like a ask me anything question box. And you can see when, as an example, like a QAnon question comes up, she is like, there is no basis of truth in that, you know, but she really is. I have no idea if she's conservative or liberal. And one time she asked, am I conservative or liberal? And it was like 50-50. No one has any idea. This woman (laughs) just teaches history in a way that is interesting and factual. And again, she's probably roughly my age, like maybe a little older, mid 40s, something like that. And so I'm fascinated by her because we are so polarized. Why can't I say that word? Yeah. <laughs> Polarizing. Polarized. Thank Polarized. you. Yeah. Hey, you got it. It's Monday. So every bit of research shows that we want confirmation bias, right? And she does not give anyone that. And she still is wildly popular. Just yeah, I'm so fascinated by that. As a social media today. 715,000 followers. She has her own podcast. I think that's how I know her is her podcast. Sharon says so. So I'm looking at her Instagram account. Millions of downloads. Fascinating. And there is, when you look at, I think there used to be this thought of our Instagram profiles have to be beautifully curated. Her stuff's all over the place. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. She runs against everything I know. Yeah. From experience and have been told is how you get 700,000 followers on Instagram. (laughs) So that's why she's so fascinating. And she just hired relatively recently a full-time person to help her with all the questions coming in. She was fielding all of that herself. So yeah, she's a fascinating, fascinating person for me. 
Amazing. Amazing. So would she be your must follow account? Well, I love learning about everything. She would be one of them. And then Nicole Hannah Jones is one of my favorite journalists and following her on Twitter is really convicting for me, but she also, I'm from Iowa. She's from Iowa. So there's like that thing where I just feel really proud of her. Yeah. (laughs) But I think she's one of the, she's a literal genius, but she also is one of those in our time that somehow manages to, obviously she pushes away certain people, but is again, kind of teaching what this country is about in a way that, you know, holds us accountable. And I think that's really engaging and interesting. Awesome. Love it. All right. Next section is ask and receive. So Tessie, you personally, Mm. what is one thing that you would like to ask for help or support on from our listeners? I still think, you know, our women's quiz is by far the best mechanism we've tried at getting online monthly donors. But at some point that stops, right? At some point our ads have reached everybody, but the saturation point. And so I'm still so curious how other people are finding effective ways to, again, set and forget, bring in monthly mm-hmm. donors, like how you're pitching and the why behind monthly donors as opposed to just one-time donors. And I would love any, you know, over the decades that I've been doing it, have tried so many different ways and they all work for a little bit. But I would love any information on how people have done that. Amazing. I love that. Set it and forget it. How do you automate the donor lead sequence? Yes, because we have... I feel like even MailChimp's gotten into the kind of customer journey for the back end, right? Once you have the top of funnel, bringing it down, mm-hmm. I feel like there are good places for that. But I just haven't found a great place for the lead that's not the women's quiz. Okay. That's this effective, I should say. Interesting. All right. It's out there. I mean, yeah, for a dollar <laughs> to four dollars, that's right. unreal. Yeah. That's unreal. So, all right. Question is out there to the masses. Okay, good. I'll be watching your Yeah, if, they, if people like, have an answer for you or they want to get in touch with you, where can they connect? So the Adventure Projects, the Adventure Project on everything but Twitter were like ad underscore Venture Pro. And then I'm Tessie Klipsch on everything too and cannot get enough. I'm in so many marketing monthly Zoom meetings because I think it's just a really incredible community that just wants to help each other out. And I love that. So if anyone wants to help me out or has questions for me about anything we talked about, Tessie Klipsch is where you'd find me. Awesome. Thank you so much for your insights and conversation today. I love the work that you're doing to really create a sustainable difference in the communities that you serve and such fun testing and campaigns that you're working on. So please keep me posted too as you're working through the next things. Would love to share them out. And thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me and for creating the space. I so appreciate it. You're so welcome. Can you tell I love talking all things digital? (laughs) To make this show better, I'd be so grateful for your feedback. Leave a review, take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram stories and tag positive equation with one E so I can reshare and connect with you. Oh, 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 oh,